Welcome to Average Joe Meets the UK's Everyday Entrepreneurs, where we talk to all kinds of business owners across the country about how they got started and what it's really like to run their business, so that we can learn and be inspired to start something of our own. I love this next interview with Nishi and Chris Bowen-Savile, who are the duo behind Gootopia, although their children definitely deserve some credit for its success too. Gootopia is the ultimate slime experience that can be enjoyed by children of all abilities from as young as three up to teenage age and even adults. In fact, I personally like the sound of the slime and wine and slime events they've put on in the past. Everything started when Nishi and Chris began sourcing and mixing ingredients to make the perfect slime with their children. Now available to buy from their TikTok site, at Gootopia Official, they regularly get feedback from children that Gootopia slime kits make the best quality slime out there. They quickly moved into putting on slime making events and now Gootopia runs immersive slime making workshops, parties and drop-ins from their three South London locations in Brixton, Lewisham and Wandsworth. Gootopia runs all year round workshop formats called Original Slime, Glow Slime and one called Slime Science that has been specifically designed to align to the Key Stage 1 and 2 science syllabus for school groups. They also put on workshops around the annual calendar like Slime Tacula, which is the Halloween special that's on at the moment and that you can book if you head to gootopia.co.uk. Having only set up in 2018, the popularity and progress of Gootopia shows no signs of slowing down and in this entertaining account from Nishi and Chris, I think you get a really good feel for their journey so far, some of the key challenges and events they've gone through, and their experiences of running a retail business, especially as a married couple and a family. It's slime to listen to the story of Utopia. Hi Nishi, hi Chris, thank you so much for coming over to the studio in Sydenham. When I started this podcast, I was on the hunt for fun and fancy businesses. I didn't actually think slime would be on the list. (laughs) I guess when you started your world of work, you probably didn't think you'd be working in slime either. Definitely not. (laughs) No, surprise to me. Um, So first, let me tell everyone how I came across Gootopia. It was summer holidays, my nieces were coming to stay and I was frantically googling somewhere to take them in South London to cement that I'm the cool auntie and that when they come to me they'll always have a great time. And Gootopia really delivered that. We went to a lovely um, cool little spot under the railway arches in Brixton and they loved it. It was uh, interactive, Um, they had this presentation at the start that got them really excited, then they made their slime and then we left and we had the slime and that entertained us for the rest of the day. So yeah, it was brilliant. And shortly after that, and I guess this must be your great marketing, I heard about you on the um, Rest is Money great podcast from um, Steph McGovern and Robert Peston. Um, And they were talking about how your business is a great example of how shopping centres are using experience-based businesses to drive footfall into their centres and get people people out and about. Um, So there's lots to talk about. Um, But let's always start at the beginning. What what was your situation and set of events that let you led you to start this slimy enterprise? What were you doing before that? So I think main thing of a key thing that we should say is me and Chris are married. 
So yeah, that's it is useful. a family business. That's to know. So that's how we know each other. Um, and we started this business um, because our kids were obsessed with slime. Um, and they went, they were mad about it and they wanted to go out and buy all these different things and make these concoctions and bring them home. Um, and it was about like getting interactive, getting messy. And there was a kind of like a phase around slime at, the, at that time of YouTube. It was like big yeah. on YouTube. Um, and it so still is, really. It still it? is, yeah. yeah. Um, so we started making these kits. Um, we decided to kind of like, right, these, the kids are loving this and there's not really anywhere that you could go out and buy like a kit at that time to make at home. So you could just buy slime? You could buy the elements, you could buy the ingredients. Yeah, the borax you could buy. Like we went to our local news agent. I mean, the kids were really little, this is 2018, so they were, it's six years ago, five years ago. And um, you could buy borax, I think we tried borax, we tried fabric conditioner, we tried a few things and all the slime was kind of rubbish. It wasn't coming out as with, you know, as the kids wanted, it wasn't very nice. But the kids love doing it. It's that thing, Mm. I think all kids do it at some point. They go under the kitchen sink at home and they raid and they add the blooming, all the ingredients together and make a concoction. It's exactly that. And anyway, I I can't remember what drove us, but we were like, let's make a good slime. And we came up with a recipe. So so your mindset at this time, were you just working? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this probably plays into it. So at the time, Chris's background, he's... uh, was a TV producer director and at the time I was a stay-at-home mum I used to work at the BBC I was a UX designer there I'd left on redundancy so I'd worked at a couple of places and then at the time I was kind of like my job was a mother um so it was a good opportunity for like I had extra time and like I could go out and like research it so I started researching like what products we could use what we could buy and we kept we ultimately and because of my design background, I could design the look of it, the kit, the kind of put up the packaging. And it was like, you know, like emailing like China, like how are we going to get this or um, what are we going to source? And it was about creating the what is the ultimate texture? What is the ultimate look of this? What, how is it going to feel? And our product testers were our kids. I so, mean, that, that's a great, mm. like, you know, they say try and test to test the market yeah. you've got the market we had, we had the market there so we'd literally be like right you guys you're going to help us you're going to be it's going to be interactive we're going to all do it together so we tried all these different recipes and there's key elements to slime that they fundamentally you have to have but we found like even with like one of the ingredients we tried different like say the main ingredient of slime is glue now you'd think pva is kind of like school pva glue is kind of pretty standard well, no, we found like there was like one certain types that made really good slime. One type. One type. Yeah. And we found that glue and we were like, right, this feels the best. And then it was the same with all the different other elements. So um, so at that first stage, it was about creating. So I, we created this kit, but then it was like... We weren't really thinking about the experience actually at that point. No. We weren't thinking about it being a workshop based activity. We were thinking about the product. And selling. And selling and becoming e-commerce. Yeah. And then... I went up to do a shoot up in Yorkshire and there was the lady on the shoot, actually it was a charity and they'd been trying to make slime in a workshop, but she was like, oh, the kids love making it, but um, the slime's rubbish. And I said, oh, we've just created a really good slime Mm. recipe and we actually would send you it and you can use it. And then I phoned you up while Mm. I was on the shoot and I was like, these guys are running like workshops. We should try that. Mm. 
we should try running a workshop. So like literally about three weeks later, you set up a workshop, well, didn't you? Well, I put the phone down to Chris and we live in Lewisham. And so there was a cafe that I knew that was like a pop-up cafe. And I thought, right, I'm just going to phone him. And it was coming up to like May half term. So I knew the kids would be off. I just phoned him. I said, look, I'm thinking of, can I hide this space out? And then literally within an hour, it all been booked. And then it was like, God, we've got to create this workshop now. And like, what what's it going to entail? Um, and it went amazing. We put it on the first day, sold out the whole uh, week, completely sold out. We had like people, when is the when's more coming? And, we got reviews yeah. that first, after yeah. the first reaction we got. And it was insane, wasn't it? Because we'd yeah. never done it before. The, we had a practice in our garden and we ra- we invited a few friends Yeah, friends around, and family. And we filmed it actually. And um, we did a little, we thought, well, what is it going to consist of? We did a... Um, a show we did you know they made slime yeah. and then we made a giant slime we'd never made one before we didn't know how it was going to work yeah, not to give too much away about the workshop but that's the one where you kind of pull it yeah, out the kids all, yeah so we all, that's like the finale yeah. and the kids love it I mean yeah. it's a nightmare for our staff but the kids absolutely love doing the giant slime and we and that format exists today because it worked quite well in the garden and then when we did a few workshops I mean it took us a while just yeah. to make to finesse it but um, we haven't really changed that format, format since. We still do a show. We still do a slime from scratch. We still do a giant slime in every workshop. And I think also a big part of like our work, I don't know if you felt this, show, but like the humour side comes into it. So in our little show, we have a bit of banter with the kids. We like bring out this fart slime. We go, come on, smell it. Like it makes it, it's a bit, I think because we're like, I'm like an 80s kid. And back in the, you know, you just get stuck in. There wasn't all like these kind of, oh, this is dirty. Don't play with that. And I think a lot of it is like, you, I see it now like with parents sometimes they come in and it's it might be the mum and dad going oh god I don't like the feel of that and then the kids are kind of listening to it think, and you see them kind of thinking oh maybe and then I'm like come on get stuck in like just have a feel yeah. um but a big part of it is um it anyone can come and make slime but it was about no we want it to be an experience we don't want it to be just okay you stir the glue you put the elements in it had to feel like a complete experience didn't yeah, it? Like it is interactive, it's immersive so it's theatrical funny. yeah and it's funny like the show is really funny and that's why we generally employ actors or outgoing people who can deliver it that. has a horrible history it's got, it's yeah it has yeah like the, for example the like the, the, the it's quite shocking some of the shocking to kids it's not shocking in that way but like we there's actually gasps in it like when we show the giant earthworm yeah and we like, talk about all the different slimy creatures and you know and why slugs are slimy well it's actually because slugs a, a, a slug makes slime to attract another slug in the mm. same way that your parents might have to shave on or um, perfume. That's exactly what slugs are doing. They make themselves really slimy. And then you'll say to the kids, anyone got a girlfriend here, yeah. boyfriend? And they get a bit embarrassed and they're like, oh, one of them will put their hand up and did you cover yourself in slime to get a boyfriend? No, no, no. Yeah. So there, there is a bit of that about it, a bit of silliness. It's only like five, ten minutes long. But it's an important no, part of it. I thought it was brilliant. I yeah. thought that was brilliant. That, but it's our, the, the, the challenge for us and maybe we'll talk about this later, is always been the staff. It's challenge in that finding people who can deliver that yeah. is a challenge because it's not something that everyone can do. But we can find the right people and we do find the right people. And if you ever read reviews or the reactions Does we it, hear from people, it's always about how good our staff are. And they put so the, much effort yeah, in. Yeah, that's what our success has been built on is the experience that people have when they come to us. So a big part of, of expanding our our company, our brand, is making sure we always keep that consistent. So we we make sure that 
when we employ people have you got that are you bringing the fun are you bringing the energy we don't want just kids coming in and being like hi welcome it's got to have always be full of energy fun and interactive I mean it the the, the initial part was you put on the workshop and you had to attract the children and yeah like were they friends of friends or were you marketing to a wider pool of how, how did you do that so initial marketing the first set of workshops in yeah, in, in I, we created flyers so we did yeah. that um, flyering yeah, yeah. flyering um and i think i i might have done a post uh, a, a facebook ad yeah um or that might have come later but i think the initial one was just flyering and postering and facebook groups community facebook groups, groups community groups yeah. oh right yeah, yeah. the local groups yeah yeah but word of mouth got out actually yeah. and and then what we did was beyond that we knew it worked in lewisham and then we did others, didn't we, around London? So then for a year, it was pop-ups. We just so did pop-ups. A, we hired venues. And that was kind of tricky because you'd say, hi, I'd like to hire your venue. What, what's it for? Slime. And it'd be immediately like, like, what? And was there any health and safety that you had to sort of go through? No. Oh, massively in terms of the products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But in not terms of in... what we're doing, with because it's kids, there's a huge yes, amount yes. of health and safety which we've had to get our head around. And that's been challenging in some ways because you just got to get your head around like the whole UK CA mark and CE marking yeah. and telling toys is is tricky thing. It's not tricky when you've done it, but we didn't know anything about it and we yeah. had to get so our head around that. So you just have to just learn it. Yeah, learn it. and that's yeah. been a long process actually. Like yeah. really kind of making sure everything's covered in terms of you know it's important to us, important to everyone as a parent. You want to make sure that what your kids are touching is safe, and so. It's something that we made sure everything was covered in that respect. But in terms of like booking venues, people would be put off like a tell, like the voice chain, because they would just assume you would just obliterate the place with slime, that it would be a complete mess. But actually, it isn't Not like really, kids no. don't generally go away that messy. No, and no, the place no. isn't messy. No. You know, otherwise it'd be a nightmare for us. They sometimes get a bit on their cuffs or they might, you know, we have had kids like put the ball on their head. Yeah. Um... But generally, it's not that messy. Um, but yeah, in terms of health and safety, the only challenge has been not a challenge. It's just something you've got to face if you're yeah. if you're selling products to children. There's a whole there's another level of like yeah around. around kids because you have to make sure that everything's covered. Yeah, like you know, it's got to be totally safe. And and so that first part of your business, which was pre-pandemic, that was building that product and doing the pop-up shops in mm. terms of yeah. like financing and surviving and living were you still working and was it not that expensive like the, the materials not hugely expensive and you can also I guess buy them just in time and then the pop-ups are a bit just in time as well you yeah get, was it significant outlay at that time because I know when you take on premises it's a different ball game but it was significant to us in that it wasn't money we had to just play with mm. um but i think in respect of relative to other businesses it was probably fairly manageable yeah and yeah we did we, we're not risky people we're yeah. really really safe in yeah. ter- especially in terms of money like this we're not risky at all and we didn't want to take any risk so we did in everything we did we just did it we didn't take any loans out or anything like that yeah. we just did it with a bit of savings we had and we the big thing for us was testing it, and if it had fallen flat on its face, I don't think we'd have tried much longer, would we? No. We wouldn't have pursued it, but because Every... we had that instant 
Every event of, we did sold out. Yeah. Like, so it was never a case of like, stop doing it because why? But it's really, you know, it's growing and popularity's growing. If the, we were like having to like turn people away and like people were saying, come to like North London, come here. And we were like, we, we're trying. We're, that's the aim is to kind of get to everyone so that it's accessible. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, you've just hit this, just hit on something that's just just you immediately you can recognize yeah this is going to work like, it yeah. feels like even though it's ours i've never had a question mark about whether it works and whether there's an yeah. expiry date on mm. it initially we did because what we get a reaction we get all the time is is it fad mm. you know mm. and we did think oh maybe it is a fad but 5 years later we are still not in any less demand no. and what happened is what people are still having kids mm. And those kids all seem to go through that messy Everyone play phase. Everyone goes through a phase of yeah, in messy play. Yeah, and then as the old as the kids get older, the younger kids, toddlers, older for under fives, they love the messy element of it, the kind of feel and the sensory. The older uh, kids, it's about customization, it's about decorating, and it's about making it look how they want. And and the sensory comes into it as well, but it 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 takes on a different kind of like interaction i suppose our daughter's 13 and she's obviously slimed out it's just slime everywhere it's all we talk about yeah. but she still plays with yeah, slime she doesn't still. she she still get we bring stuff back and goes this slime's really good i love this slime this is a really nice one she sits it's there playing with it isn't it know? it's like relaxation she'll sit you, there you can and have adult classes next well we <laughs> have got so we do slime and wine nights which are really good fun yeah um, come, yeah and they're good for like companies or organizations it's a good icebreaker or it's a good way of just you know having a drink mm. and doing something different so we do slime and wine and we kind of pair wines to slimes and it's all a bit daft um, what was amazing is when we did our first slime and wine event we did it with samsung they kind of contacted us said we want to put on like an event for adults would you be interested we were like it was part of like something else they were doing and it was in i forgot where the location was but king's cross we had a lot of adults like turn up in their suits and they come just straight from the city and it was like they turned back to 10 year olds yeah. and we've got an amazing picture on our instagram and it's like this guy and he's like he's got his suit jacket the ties the jackets off the the ties off and he's stretching out his slime and he, i remember him clearly going glitter i want more glitter in this slime so it's about imagine that kind of he must have just been in a, his element of like he's been at work all day and then he's coming he's turned into a kid yeah. And I think partly it is, we do, I'm not a very crafty or arty person at all, right? In fact, I hate art. And I, I recently had to do a still, still life drawing and I was the <laughs> only person getting angry doing it. Um, I just do not like crafting. But for some reason, slime making, it gets you in the zone of just, you're kind of totally in the flow. You're just engaged in it and no one can do, you can't do it wrong. Yeah. Not, not If you just follow the instructions, you cannot be bad at it yeah. there's no judgment on it you come out you've made something that's good and you've made it to your specification and you've seen that chemical process and it's really fascinating the whole process from start to finish and the customization and the adding scents and the adding mixings and the feel of it at the end and the tweaking it and the adding a bit of shaving foam or whatever it's just totally engaging you lose yourself in it and i think that's something that Probably we don't get a chance to do as much as adults. Yeah. You know, we're thinking about the bills and everything else that's going on. So when we do the slime and wine, it's one. It's a good icebreaker because when we've done we've done a Valen slime Valen event slime. before, so it's a great way for people for singles to chat because you know you're talking it just gives you something. Think daft dirty to talk dancing, about. but with slime. Yeah. You know, like that bit where they're, <laughs> the you know, the, 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 the yeah, <laughs> like that. Yeah. 
but we obviously lose that opportunity to do that as adults and you don't get many much chance to play as an adult. No. And it does provide that. But I think it's one of those things, like we are inundated with birthday and workshop things for kids. Yeah. What we haven't done much is market the other side of things, mm-hmm. which is the slime and wine, mm. yeah. which is the valent slime, or we've got a slimefulness idea which we really want to play with yeah. and have a go. But that's... We, re- we stretched as That's far the thing as we that can. I was going to say because it's basically myself and Chris that are like, we're running this business and we haven't got a big t- we haven't got a team around us that are going to do it. We're just, you can only focus on one element at a time. Like, you can, the adult side of it, we would have loved to kind of, but we just can't stretch. We, there's not enough time. In we the will day get there, but it's just, it. you can only do so much. You can at only time. do so much. And, and we there's know, so yeah, many our elements. focus is the kids. Well, yeah. Your, oh, sorry. For now, and, yes. And your kids. And sorry. Yes. Yeah. Not our kids. Um, <laughs> so g- going back to like, because there have been challenges because you, mm. you've got an experience-based service setting up in 2018 and then you hit the pandemic and like, every interview has to cover that because mm. it's like, how do you cope? I guess you had the online, the and I suppose people are at home and they're playing with the slime. And we did a bit of that, but it's never been our bread and butter, no. has it? Our bread and butter has always been the experience. experience. I mean, the thing is, I we had never... Slime Planet as it was then, we had to change our name last year, mm-hmm. um, so we're now Gootopia, but we were Slime Planet. And we'd, we'd been opened in... So we when we got that meanwhile space, it's just Railway Arch in Brixton, down not particularly... Oh, you haven't mentioned this. So after we... We did a year of pop-ups, yep. and then we managed to get an arch in Brixton that was our own, and it meant that we didn't have to cart our stuff around. We and we thought, des- people come to us then. Yeah. And was that difficult or just easy? You did have to put a lot of outlay there? We were lucky. We were were really lucky because it was a company, an amazing company called Meanwhile Space and they basically find tenants for spaces that aren't being used. And it's let out on a monthly basis Mm. with no commitment. Brilliant. And it was really not very expensive for for London at the time. It wasn't Mm. expensive. And it was perfect size and it meant that we could basically test it out because we did think, didn't we? We would mm. try it because we don't know. It's it's where we are. We're not really near anywhere in Brixton, and it's pretty like it's not the particularly nice not street. Um, it needs a lot. Of, it's not the gentrified bit of Brixton. It, it, it's it's there's all like scrap cars. It does add to the add to the experience. <laughs> yes, it does. It yeah. does. Yeah, but it's it, yeah. It's there's not a Pret or anything nearby. There's no pizza. Express it's or like anything. railway art, a road with railway arches around us and like abandoned cars. Well, the first um, day when you first, oh, I mean, you should tell. Story. So the first day I was setting up the workshop, there's an alleyway opposite of our arch um, and I just nipped out to get something. Kids were coming in like 10 minutes. I thought, right, I'll get back. On my way back, I turn around and there's a guy uh, taking a number two in the alleyway. And Oops. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. got kids coming in 10 minutes. <laughs> Come on, move had, it. We had people <laughs> get telling going. us, didn't that bloke say to you? Why are you why are you opening a kids thing yeah. down here? This they is where like, people they get murdered. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't believe. Like all the other arches were like mechanics. I'm like, what? What's going on? I said, yeah. It's changed a bit now, in fairness. Yeah, and it's kind of moved on. But what was brilliant about Brixton, um, and what gave us so much hope with like this this business is amazing, is that re- despite the area, this kind of rundown area, 
people were coming so yeah. they weren't phased by like this shabby exterior of this you know road yeah. they'd come in and they'd have this great experience and then they'd leave happy yeah. and, it- and word of mouth is massive amongst like things to do with his children yes. isn't it? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah and that's always been our biggest marketing strategy word of mouth you know we do a good job and people and that's when you get when you book with us we say where do you hear about us and it's I would say 30% is word of mouth. Yeah, more I'd say. But what was interesting, straight away, we opened in February 2019. Mm. And it was half term, wasn't it? What we call half squirm. And um, that sold really well. And Mm. we're like, oh, this is promising. But we didn't expect to be there forever. It was like, well, let's... Because we might run out of customers in Brixton. But soon we realised, like... We were getting customers from the Middle East. We had like princesses. From we had, the we had we had royalty down there. Yeah, we've had. They'd like, come in people... their blacked out cars. With yeah, the, you know the bodyguards with the things in the ears, and they'd come in. The bodyguards would be like, "Is it safe?" And I'm like, "Yeah, just tell him to come in." Sniffer dog going mad because they can smell the bubblegum scent. And you we'd know. do the giant slime, and I'd be like, "Come on to this princess. Come on, get stuck in." And she like they'd be doing it, you know. And it's wow. like, yeah, yeah. We, we're really popular with Middle Eastern customers yeah. in summer when the holiday in, and they come from fancy hotels and and come down to bricks and god knows what they think and we've had celebs on. kids of celebs come down and we Lots, had one yeah a, you know like proper a list yeah. we can't say but and you can imagine their kid must have experiences that are out of this world you get to do a lot of things very privileged and she was like this is the best oh that's amazing and we were like, well that's that's pretty amazing considering she probably has everything at her feet that she gets to do yeah. so yeah and have your children helped you much apart from the sort of road testing have they helped you much with the business like, um yes they yes have. we always go back to them for like right if we're putting on an event and we will theme the event so it'll be like uh, for summer we did a tropical we did an ice cream is this, would this would you go to this would is this something you'd like and then if they say no no that's really i wouldn't be interested then we always go back you know they're always there as our they're the key yeah, customers they're the testers but they the also testers. we rope them into the grunt work as well like, yeah they've like, done they'll, some... they'll make i mean they'll the bb said the other day our daughter was like i just want to get a job in jd sports i don't want to work for my family <laughs> i want to know what it's like because we still like when we first opened our lewisham shop yeah she was on the till, wasn't she? Yeah. She was 13. I was nothing it's good skills, to isn't it, learning? Old. But, yeah, it was like, she knows the company, so she knows exactly what to do. And it is. I think it is good to, like, learn work this experience whole, when well, you're so young. work culture with teenagers now is so different. So going back to when we were teen, like, when I was 13, I did all kind of jobs. I worked in a nursing home. I worked, like, just things that you wouldn't kids wouldn't be able to do these days. And I think... It's good for kids to kind of get an experience of like hard graft, like doing proper work. Yeah. Not that I think a lot of times they don't get that opportunity um, to really graft. But that's it's a real family business now, isn't yeah. it? Oh, totally, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we'll get like, we'll, we'll still have chores for them to do, like fill those bottles up or fill, mm. put phone beats in there. And they get paid for it. We don't, we, we don't make them do it for <laughs> free. Uh, but they get, and it's what, a family business. We rely on you... them. Did you give up your job then? So what happened was, um, so February 19, we opened in Brixton. Yeah. We traded It started in 2018, the company. Company, yeah. yeah, But then we we started, we opened Brixton, which was our first and only venue um, in 2018, obviously a year later, COVID hit. All that time, I'd been working as a producer. Mm. So I'd never given up my job. We were never, it was was always in mind. And we did have at one point, I had this insane um, conversation, phone call one day from this guy who said he was the assistant to an Israeli billionaire called Teddy Sagi. And 
I ran upstairs and was like, oh, there's this guy calling us about potentially wanting to... He wanted to meet the next day at a hotel in, in Knightsbridge. So we went along and... Teddy Saggy at the time, and I think he sold it recently, but he owned Camden Market. And um, he, he'd he been to another slime organize, another slime place in New York um, called Slumu, which actually started after us. Because mm. I always think we were the first ever slime shop because they mm. started after us. But they had lots of investment, big investment straight away. But he wanted to create Slumu in um, London or something like it. So the, he came to us and said, look, uh, we had this meeting with him. And I think he's like the... 50 or he was like the 54th richest man in the world certainly the richest in israel as well oh. married to miss world and all this kind of stuff and we met him mm. and um the he, two but, of you the yeah, two yeah. of us yeah yeah and we had this meeting with him and he kind of like agreed to invest in with us in that meeting didn't mm. he and then that afternoon he said come back and meet me and we went went to camden to look at where he wanted to set up the slime um venue and it was the whole top of this market, thousands of square feet. And we talked talked about it. And we got he sent his an Israeli contingent of lawyers and people from his company to come and meet us. And we started. We, we were got, just like, we were just this, like is this is insane. ridiculous. Like, and, let's uh, go along for like. I thought my friend up and I was like, do you know any lawyers? Because he was like, you get your lawyer, I'll get my lawyer. And we we're like, we don't have a lawyer. Um, so, so I phoned my friend up and he got us in touch with a lawyer who his company used, and we we got quite far with it. But it was by the time it was going anyway, it got to like February, March, twenty twenty, and then right. it all. And I think right. he's yeah. Other who things, knows what would, who knows what would have happened? But anyway. Um, so we, yeah, I was working all that time in TV, so, and then yeah. So for the first like two or three years, Chris had his obviously full time job, and I was kind of like out, like on say front line, like running the workshops. Like I went up north, I did like um, a tour up there. We went to Birmingham, that sold out. That was brilliant. Um, and then it COVID hit, and after COVID, and just a um, question on that bit: What was driving you then? Was it like I want to make some money, or just I want to be busy, or just I can see there's an opportunity here. So that was that was my job. That as I saw it, I was obviously a mum, but obviously yeah. I wanted to have a job and I wanted to create. Yeah. And, I, and I'd left a career that I didn't want to go back into, and I couldn't like now if you asked me to design. I designed for our company, but I won't like do it on a professional. I'll do it for fun, but I won't do it in a professional way. Um, and I was just like, right. And I worked for someone else, and I thought. I like working for myself. It's hard work. It's, you've got to be doing way more hours and putting in a lot more and sacrificing a lot more, but the reward is there. Um, and then you're seeing something grow. So, um, and also, it, I, I do believe that that first, because like now I might run the, go in and do the odd workshop, but we don't run it. We have staff that do it. But I think it feel like that cemented the kind of, the experience of what this is going to be, like tweaking it, like, right this worked this didn't work and and keeping that consistent experience going so that if someone came to one in London or came to one in Birmingham they'd have this same experience of it not being watered down of it like being right this is great and by me doing those workshops I was able to ensure that that was being carried on and that was carrying and then that kept it snowballing yeah yeah and and, um just like um, the income yeah. is coming. It is coming pretty quick. You you book the pop up. You you. Know, the we weren't really making an income, as in like. Well, I wouldn't. It was a weird for you. Been able, it was yeah. It was, but it wasn't. It wouldn't have been able at that stage. Yeah. Chris wouldn't have but been able to give a, up his but job. It was enough to tick. Yeah, it was. An, it was you, enough you, for me yeah. to have an income, yeah. but not like a massive income, no. but enough 
for me to I was enjoying it I was yeah. thinking right where could the you know we were yeah. both thinking god this is a company that could really grow yeah so it was exciting but it was very it was a very tiring time and a lot of it was young kids yeah and a lot of the money that we were making was going into investing back Back into into it because every sign you make has got to be tested and because i remember go through labs and get safety tested and all that stuff so and then you're just working this all out like yes you go yeah and i remember running payroll and uh, staff, some members' staff would be paying more than me, and I'd be like, "Oh God, this is do, awful." Yeah. But it's the sacrifice you, you have it. to make yeah. to like. But part is, but I think that's been the success of it, isn't it? That we've always put back into the business, like instead of taking when we could, we could. There's been opportunities that we could kind of take it out. But we've always invested it back. Like, how can we invest in our products? How can we grow this business? So, and sorry, I interrupted you. So you yeah. got you were there on the road, you were working, yeah. and then you had the, the this interesting meeting. Yeah. But then the pandemic. Kind came. of yeah, and that might have been the end. It might have been the pandemic. He might have just changed his mind. Yeah. I don't know. He actually got kidnapped. So I don't know. Or he got kidnapped <laughs> threat. I think I don't know if he got kidnapped, but he got kidnapped <laughs> threat. But anyway. Unofficially. No, well, it was in the paper. Okay. But anyway, we didn't really hear anything. I went back to work. For, I, I ended up losing all my work as a team because I was doing like branded content, directing things for ITNs, advertising sector then so I was doing stuff for like Matalan and Tesco and things like that but all that dried up a lot of that work dried mm. up during Covid as it did for everyone so I lost we lost all our income didn't we because we fell through the gaps in terms of freelance yeah. pace we didn't get anything obviously Slime Planet shut oh, down you're free, we're a freelancer I was freelance yeah and um, in that there was, a, there was a group of freelancers that just missed out on everything so we it was really stressful wasn't mm. it and I remember phoning up the doctors being like um I think I might need some help. <laughs> and, um, I was, yeah. I think I yeah. cried to the doctor. Yeah. It was really stressful. And they, she just obviously we didn't know what was going to happen. And then a friend of mine was setting up um, a new show was starting on Channel Four called Steph's Pat Lunch, up in Leeds. And they'd they'd obviously been hit by the lockdown because they'd done a series of it, and Steph had ended up doing it from home. My friend Vivek, who I'd worked with a while back, ended up um, becoming the editor on it, and we'd worked together for a few years but not not for a while and he basically got in touch and said look there's a job going I don't know if you'd consider going for it um there might have been other people going for it as well but I went for it and got the job as like our head of features on the show and it was the good thing was it was in Leeds it, I mean that 200 wasn't miles the good away thing. that but, wasn't the good thing no. <laughs> so not not great in terms of commute because I live in London but I'm from that way anyway and it was a long contract long for me anyway and we knew where we were and that just gave us a bit of security to get us through the pandemic and I was lucky to get that and then obviously got to know Steph Steph's always had her eye on business and things and um, she was looking at potentially investing in some companies um, and I think she looked, she's looked at a few there's a few she, she was looking at a dozen or so and we went out one night not just me you know, there was a few people from work and um, I don't think she knew about the slime thing and I kind of was telling her about it and she said oh it sounds really interesting and then um, she texts me the next morning, even though she was just in the studio and I was in the production office. And um, she said, we should talk about the slime business because I'm potentially interested in investing in it. So then we worked with her and someone who was advising her to look at all our finances and potential value the company and things. So eventually she ended up um, investing in, in Slime Planet as it was then, now Gootopia, which meant that we knew it needed both of us mm, yeah. to, take to it get to, it to the next level. Yeah. And so last June, I left television because it just gave us that yeah, bit yeah. of, like I said, we don't want to get into loads of debt and stuff. So it meant that we had a bit of security for me to 
just de- dedicate myself to slime, basically. So, yeah, the TV career's on hold for now. Yeah. May go back one day, but for now, just doing this. Yeah, because there's so many elements that you don't think of, like, of, of, in a running a leisure business. So you've got the kind of the marketing side that you're doing. One person cannot do every, like, staffing, payroll, marketing, um facilitating the workshop ordering stock ordering dealing with stock, staff you know like payroll. all these ele- and you're like so stretched and it got to a point where this business is great but it's not going to go anywhere or it's either going to i'm going to it's going to be packed in unless chris could come on board and de- dedicate his time to it full time so that we were both on it together and that's when that's it brilliant. made a so and then and then did, is that when you got the two other premises yeah ones were so that was always that we always had to so obviously you've been to brixton it's like we say it's not particularly nice area in terms of the little road it's on there's nothing much there there's no there's nothing you can go and eat or anything and we always thought what we do would work really well in a shopping center because parents can drop kids off and go shopping leave them having a, doing a workshop and they can also eat nearby yeah. if they have a party because there's always places to eat in shopping centres. So we knocked at the door of lots of shopping centres. Did we didn't get a response from probably 99. Or, or, or if we did, it was a negative response. It was like, oh, this isn't suitable. Yeah. People like, what? Ex- you know, explain. But well, yeah. They, did. they just didn't want to do it, did they? they and, did. and also, they, I suppose for shopping centres, they want to take a. They want a secure tenant, so they want your kind of Pretz or Greggs or yeah. TK Maxx or whatever, um, who are going to take five years, and we weren't prepared to go for, to test something mm. out. We don't want to commit five years. Obviously, we're a tiny little company. Um, but there was a... So we did try for quite a long time. There was a shopping centre that we nearly got into, and it cost us about 10 grand in, in legal fees, yeah. and it was a nightmare. And, and also, then, people don't understand. We forget we breathe slime every day, we know. But the average person doesn't probably wouldn't get what we do trying to explain unless you've been to it you probably think oh i don't know like what was your expectation before you came to the workshop did you did what it was going to be or no but it it it, it made sense as soon as you get there it makes sense it makes sense when you get there but i think when we were trying to sell yeah men in suits who aren't necessarily if they haven't got young kids it's a hard sell and that's what we're that's the challenge you see a child with slime you think that's this is a great business idea. Yeah. As soon as you see the the interest a child has in slime, but if you haven't seen that, that's yeah. it. And I think like, well, yeah, we didn't have an example to show them to say this is what we do. But the so we we nearly got there, didn't quite, and then a shopping. There's a company called Spaces and People who do pop up spaces, and oh, cool. um, if you're looking to test something out, they're brilliant because they can say, well, you can have two months here, or you yeah. Can have, so we went through that company, and and they had a space. In Lewisham Shopping Centre. Now, this you, was a place that we'd tried to get in multiple, multiple times. I don't know if we had Lewisham that yes, much. Yes, I'd contacted the. They, yeah, you know, but I don't agents. think it was them. I think it was the estate agent. Yeah, the estate or something. Agent, yeah, it wasn't actually agent. Lewisham because actually, they, when they found out about us, they were really yeah, enthusiastic was, about yeah. it. And um, so we ended up going, right, well, let's do a pop up here because it's nearby. Logistically, we live around the corner. And we opened in March, did we, this year mm-hmm. to, to, to test it out? And it was. A bit like the uh, Brixton, we sold out, didn't we, over Easter? It yeah. was really insane. It was really busy. It's not we're not in a busy part of the shopping centre, but it worked as a shop. And the difference between the shop and the railway arch is you can just come in, you can bring your child or a child, it doesn't have to be yours, <laughs> and you can just make a slime. Mm. And it's seven ninety nine. You can make a slime, and you spend ten minutes making the slime. And oh, so you don't. Necessarily you don't have to do the full book. hour long no. workshop. You don't need to book. You, we do run the workshops. We still run the parties. 
but and we also there's a bit more like all our stuff that we make our our products are there so there's more shelf space yeah. for this brand like we've got our own range and then we've got loads of other slimes from all around the world um so that's how it's slightly different from brixton where we've just got like a little tuck shop there with our stuff um and it has worked straight away mm. and then the ones were so it's still a pop-up it's lewisham is still, still very much a pop-up we don't have a permanent branch and then wandsworth um much busier shopping center owned by the same company landsec and we entered a competition um completely retail by through a company called completely retail and called soapbox and we entered that if when was it like may or something may june something like that i can't remember and anyway i think they said there's 200 of the brands and then we got down to last 10 and we ended up winning and the space the the competition the prizes a pop-up space in one of their centres. So Wandsworth was the one we picked. Yeah. Really so busy what, shopping centre. Four weeks. Yeah. That's so, six weeks we ended but up. But we ended, they've asked us yeah, we ended we've ended up staying for a bit longer than that. Um and it meant that Lewisham's been great to test the concept out. Yes it works. Wandsworth has been good because it's busy shopping centre and there's we're in a really high profile. We've been over summer we've been in this pop up and it's been really busy. Um and it's just, it looks like we're hugely successful, like we got through, but we haven't all, like Lewisham's a pop-up, one's with yeah. surprise. We may end up staying there, we're talking to them at the moment. And it's good to know this, it's really good to know this. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. About, like, it, we're still tiny, we're still like, we've Lewisham is, well, the lease is about to expire and whether we stay there, we're chatting about. It's um, a compliment actually, because people assume we're this big brand. And even when we were at Slime Planet in Brixton, people were like, oh, is this, this must be a chain, this, this must be a massive brand. People we think like, we're an American franchise, yeah. don't they? And we're like, no, it's, it's just Literally us. Literally us in our front room in Lewisham, um, doing everything pretty much, yeah. And and so we and at the moment we don't know where we're going to be. Yeah. If you if you take on one of those apart from the Brixton one, if the Lewisham or the Wandsworth, and you start paying, because it's difficult to see with high streets as the rates, yeah. the business mm. rates. Can, can can you see that you can make money from it once you put put all the numbers in? We can't, but it's a, it's a question mark that we've got and anybody looking at our business has got because we are we do well in peak time we're a seasonal company so weekends and holidays we're super super busy times like now we're quite much quieter like significantly quieter unless you're in somewhere like oxford street where you've got tourists and footfall every day people um it is always going to be a bit quieter so the the what you've got a way up is the We've we've done really well in Wandsworth of because we've been selling lots of our stuff and people have done, the pop the droppings have been really popular which you never get that in Brixton because no one ever walks past right you only come and see us it's yeah. destination yeah and it's de- and obviously we won the space we don't have to pay for it it's been amazing amazing opportunity by the way for them to do that mm. like the, the, that is a great competition for new brands yeah because for us to get to that point we've been trying to get to that point for a long time and our doors closed on us yeah. And that was our gateway into doing that. And who knows? It may become that we. It may be that we become a permanent space there. Um, at the moment, we're very much a pop because the but feedback's you never know. been really positive. The feedback's like our yeah. reviews are amazing. Like our staff have done incredibly well. Like keeping the standard, and everyone that goes in says this is this place is amazing. Like the amount of times you hear kids say this is the best shop I've ever been in, best or day ever. Best, best day I've ever. ever had. Seriously, you hear it all the time. You think God, it's just a shop. It's just a railway arch. But whether commercially. It, it definitely works, but whether financially you need, we need to be in a shopping centre is another question. Because actually, Brixton, obviously the rates are much lower. Yeah. Um, and 
it it still works. We still kind of offer the same experience. It's not quite as glossy as and we're getting Lewisham and Wandsworth. Is there... Um, uh, it, it sounds like these shopping centres are not being kind of savvy enough to say, yeah, if you put on some something like Gootopia... You're going to drive traffic in. Well, are they starting yeah. to be a yes, bit more. Yes, they are. They are being. They are being. They realise that we are a draw, mm-hmm. and it's just whether it's their and their mindset. I think is changing in terms of like actually we need to have attractions and exper- experiential. Yeah, an experiential retail, mm. and I don't think there's a better example. There may well be, but I can't think of a better example of experiential retail than what we do. But I suppose commercially, if they've got little mm. who are going to pay them millions of pounds and then a little company, a seasonal company like ours that are going to bring traffic in, they've got to weigh that up. And mm. I, I totally get that. Um, but I think certainly Wandsworth and Lewisham have been super supportive and they they really want to find a way of us to stay there in some capacity. But it's got to be financially viable because potentially we could just hire another railway arch somewhere and the business could still exist in that capacity so it's it's something we've been toying with and that's part of the why we were like we don't want to commit to five years anywhere yeah. we, this is an experiment and we're still very much in the experiment there are massive phase. pros about being in shopping centers it's yeah. easier for families you've got the parking you've got the amenities around you parents can go and do something while the kids are there so there are lots of positives of, around the shopping center as for well. the shopping center to others definitely and and also most of the people who come to us either like Nish says drop the kids off and go shopping or they'll go and have something to eat yeah, afterwards they'll bring a party I can't wait until he's three and I can take him yeah. <laughs> you can do dropping we let, yeah, we yeah. let little ones do the yeah. dropping yeah um, so you're so in the thick of it right now so ha- a couple of questions around the logistics of running a business being a family yeah. working together like how is it now now you're full time how do you decide what to do, where to focus? It's intense. Yeah, is it intense? And what can you imagine? It's like your business partner, partner, living twenty four seven with them. It's intense. Yeah, it's full on, isn't it? Because it's a very unique situation. I, I would say we are, we have become more business partners. Yeah, yeah. Than we have. Yeah, yeah. it's it goes into that realm of it because. You were, you just talk business all the time, and, and you can't and have, escape yeah, it. We try and have slime-free nights, and it just all like you, all roads lead you to go slime. For, we go for a, a meal or a drink, and it's like right, it's and then we're like try not to talk about slime. But then we don't because that's all we do is have anything else to talk about. Because so. we haven't got you haven't got a different experience. We're no, sharing no. It's the same experience. So like we're at home, and I've been like, well, my old telly career. I've been like, you never know what so and so did. Yeah, you know, got loads of gossip from that. It was like it was amazing for stories. There's very few fun stories from no. you know. There's no. There's no. But like, then it's a very people business, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very people. But it's like we spend most of our time now doing like, well, we we split the company up in different. Like you yeah. have your side of things, yeah. and I do my side. I so think that's why it works. We complement each other in the skills, our skills that we bring to the company, and that's why it's successful. So, and also, was it intentional that you set up this business? Was it? Was it just? Did you think you were going to be a business owner? Ten years ago, I think I have always wanted to have my own thing. Yeah, and even when I worked in telly, I set up as a freelance and then set up my own company, and I I enjoyed and I wanted to do more of that. 
Um, I didn't expect to be working in the slime biz. Or working with your wife. Or working with my wife. Um, but it's, what's been good is you do like see another side of someone. And, and Nish is a, an amazing business person in a sense that, well, lots of senses, but you are very prepared. She's a, the, the most incredible negotiator I've ever heard. Like you can get the best deal on anything. She's like your mum. You probably mm. learned it from your mum. Yeah. Your mum would be like haggle with like the fishmonger or whatever. You were not scared of haggling. Like when we first got together, I remember going to like a junk shop around the corner from our house because we were looking to get, you know, furniture and we didn't have a lot of money. And you were like haggling in there, and I, I actually had to walk out. Chris because has to walk away I have to walk out because I'm cringing because you'll take. I think the bloke was selling it for like 100 quid and you were like trying to shake his hand at 20 quid and you, you're just not embarrassed about <laughs> no. it at all. And we have this in joke with us is that I'm I'm bad cop, he's, I'm the bad one, he's the good guy. because she, she tells the staff off. Because, no, yeah, but also I have this thing, like we both come from very working class families. My mum was a single mum, we didn't have a lot of money. So if I'm paying someone for a service and you're not delivering... I'm going to tell you, actually, I'm not happy with what is being delivered. I'm not going to be like pussyfooting around it. Because I think it's my it's money that's being spent. Yeah, so you want absolutely. it to be value. You want it to feel like you're being respected. And, and that's what some of the, a lot of issues we've had along the way of building up a business is we, there's jobs that we do, we've done, like it might be like marketing or whatever elements that we can do. We've done it, but we're not experts at it. So we think along the line, we thought, right, okay, we might, we, let's try it. Let's employ someone who's, this is their job. And then we've had it, that they've done it. And we've been like, God, this isn't actually as amazing as what we thought it'd be. And we're having to have these awkward conversations and like... Uh, Those conversations are very hard to have when you are not happy with the quality of something. Mm. And that is the biggest, that's the, the thing I hate about this job, owning a company. It feels like... Because to like... keep the standards high... You, inevitably you're going to have those conversations you've got to have those conversations and it, and you can't do it all yourself either no, no well you can't you no just you can't do it as, as you get bigger out. you can't do it yourself and and yeah, i dread having them and you're probably better at having them than than me but um that's the hardest thing because you want people I don't to be feel, really good i don't see it as like even being like i say bad cop but i don't feel it's being like bad in any way you're just saying look this isn't really good enough for what our expectation is. You know, if you're saying you're going to deliver, then put something... If I feel like I can do a better job, I don't want to be paying mm. for it. And that's with anyone, though, isn't it? Like, if you if you feel like you can do yeah, better... Yeah, totally, totally. But it makes me sound like I'm big-headed. But it's not, like, big-headed. It's just we're doing it, but we just don't have the time to do it. So you've got to source things out and make sure that... I think I've, it's not... I've heard successful business people say it. But surround their success is often down to surrounding themselves with the best people. Yeah, and I think that in, that also applies for the people you're going to get on board to do, you know, your web design or yeah. whatever it happens to be. Make sure they're the best, and actually, that's the challenge. I want sometimes. people to be you better than to, me. I want yeah. them to like. I think anything to do with digital web stuff is it's notoriously difficult to find because you you have to commit before you see the, yeah. and it's about six seven months down the line before you're going. This isn't this relationship. Yes, not brilliant. But yeah, yeah. It's difficult that and digital as well, isn't it? Yeah. A black hole sometimes. Well, you've, like, it's we something you've a, got to get your head round. Yeah. We just had our website redesigned, and we didn't have a big budget, so we had to just go with I don't know. It was like one of these web age. You know those agencies where you pay like a designer, or, 
And then I, I haven't been in the design like for 15, 20 years and I'm like having to go back and tweak it and like add elements to it. And I'm thinking, why am I doing this? But that's the reality of business, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like it's never going to be linear. It's never going to be smooth. It's all, there's always going to be obstacles in the way. Um, that's go, the thing. They're but, the things you have the sleepless nights yeah. about, the little things that nobody sees. Yes. And the things that you wouldn't think like the, I cannot tell you the amount of sleepless nights and stress I have had about the booking system <laughs> that's all I thought about the booking system or for such a say, long time ago a, that's quite a big thing though the booking system mm. it is because it? it's your gateway for customers yeah. and it has to be right but there's a million options you can go through you've got to align you've got to align the the operating system with the website with everything else and it's all got to make sense it's so complicated and trying to find there's not one person who can do everything yeah. it probably is but we haven't met them and also a big part of like because we run uh, experiences for kids right a big part of what gives us sleep has sleepless nights for us is we you can't let kids down you can't if someone's booked a party and kids are turning up you cannot not cancel that party has to go on it has to be brilliant so it's that extra kind of pressure as well to meet that expectation like as parents yeah we want if you book a party you book a workshop you want you want the kids to have a good time that's why there's an there's an extra element to i suppose what we do that we have that kind of right it's got to be brilliant it's yeah. got to be brilliant for kids you don't want to destroy a six it's never we're never going to be one of those companies like right come on pay your money take take your slime with you it has to be brilliant yeah yeah, but I can see why you, you you've got slightly different complement uh, complementary yeah. skills, but you're also both quite high energy. Yeah, and, you know. But I'd say the plus here. side of being married to your business partner, I'd say, <laughs> is you don't pussyfoot around like yeah. don't issues. hold anything. But yeah, you can say what the you know what's that what's happened there and you you get it you get it out whereas imagine in the workplace you'd be like oh brian do you see what he's done and you're saying it behind but actually when you're married to someone you can just and you can deal with it and then move on yeah we're quite frank about each other's work if we don't yeah. think it's any good like we'll, but we'll it, literally but it means say that I think things that's move fast yeah. because yeah. you haven't got to wait for brian to get back to you and then this back and forth of like oh subtle undertone of like maybe that's crap but this is great or you just sort of have it out don't you mm, definitely a lot <laughs> <laughs> and yeah like what about the future then for for you guys are you are you going to see how these these go and yeah, yeah. we're going to see if we can stay as a we're, i think there might be opportunities at Wandsworth as a pop-up say as a pop-up and lewisham potentially stays a pop-up um just to test it because we've only had a few months there so yeah. it'd be good to do maybe nine months trade or even a year's trade as a pop-up and see i think ultimately our we're looking at franchising and we may have a fran new franchise on board as yeah. of this week Brilliant. potentially more news on that later and that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah i mean it does make sense and potential i mean i walk through leicester square take the dog through leicester square sometimes on a little walk and i always look at m&m world and think and there's, there's always queues. queues outside and i think why is there queues outside you can't do anything other than yeah. buy m&ms and, &Ms. and i always i always think if like gutopia in the West End would just 
be amazing Insane. for people and there will be queues around the block for it because you've got that what's unique about the West End is you've got 364 days of tourism yeah of, trade. of, of, tra of traffic which you wouldn't there's not really many places like that even in a busy city centre you haven't got those kind of tourists that you get in London and I think and we get people like contacting us from Australia Malaysia Dubai all the time saying are you open are you open we'd love to come visit and um I think if we could, that would be my ultimate dream to have somewhere kind of Oxford Street type area. Mm. Would be would be amazing. And then Liverpool, Newcastle, Leeds, Manchester, stuff. all could have a Gootopia without a doubt. Because we have people come from Birmingham. To, oh, to, Brummies uh, lovers. Yeah. yeah, and they always come down. They're like, when are you going to open? We've had people yeah. from Birmingham, but lots of people come down. And, and is it just about time in the day? It just sounds like the demands there. It's just about time yeah. in the day to yeah, get it. it is, all that's done. it. It's just it's just getting there eventually. It's and locations. It's I, always I think... about the locations and and getting yeah. in places. That's the only thing that's ever held us back. We've been ready to go. Right, we could do this. We can be in somewhere quickly. But it's getting in there. And because we've done Lewisham recently, and then we had to do Wandsworth. I mean, we got in Wandsworth in like three days, and we've got. a template kit ready to go like now we've done it yeah Nish did all the design and everything we've got all the contacts mm. all the tables are ready all the branding's ready it's like copy and paste we're ready to go so i think it's a now we've done it and we've tested it we know it works we're in a much better position um i think now it's just being careful it's keeping the quality because as you get bigger Obviously, you, you lose it. some of the control. You're panned over to teams who have got to look after the brand and look after the experience. So I think we don't want to expand to the point where we're losing the quality of the mm. experience. And yeah. I think we've just got to be careful about that. Um, but that's why franchising might be a good opportunity because they're, they're yeah. their own company. You can go and, faster then, I guess, a bit. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. And then you're not doing the, you're not employing everyone and you're so not running the payroll yeah. and you're not doing the mm. you're doing the national marketing, but not necessarily their individual marketing. Mm. They can get on all the local Facebooks, yeah. they can do the flyering, they can recruit. Um, and we the risk, can teach I mean, the it's a great idea, and I guess the risk is someone goes, "That's a great idea," and yeah. just doesn't do, does it themselves. So. They can, and we and we've always thought that, and that could well happen. But they've also got to go through exactly what we've been through in terms yeah. of testing, which and, is all the safety testing yeah. and all all like a find a slime formula and come up with it, and they've got to recruit, and that takes. I mean, you're, they're welcome to, and absolutely, but it, <laughs> it's it's hard work. Yeah. We I think we had two hundred, nearly two hundred prototypes didn't we, yeah. when we started. Yeah. Yeah, and it's that they've got to go through that whole testing and everything. That's a big journey to go on. Um, so, so I think people, and we have had people come and say they're going to do it, and, and, and maybe they have, but um, we can only do what we do. And also, there's always, I think, there's different airplane jump places. There's always going to be competition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got to be the best at what you're doing, and then yeah. people will still come. Yeah. And I guess the final question, which is I was trying to ask, is well, two two ones, which is. Was it all worth it? And also, have you got any advice? And I think a big part of advice is your testing and your testing, which is great. But have you got any advice for someone that might want to start their business? So, yeah, two questions. Was it Has it all been worth it so far? It's You're very much in the thick of things right now. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely... We're not seeing the, like, reward. We're a long way from being, like, counting our money and sitting back and relaxing on a beach. And I don't ever think we'll ever do that. But... 
we're still really in the thick of it. I yeah. think it's been worth it because we've learnt so much and I think we could apply what we've learnt to setting up another business and you potentially we'd build this up and maybe one day sell it to a bigger investor, who knows, and then go and do something else with, with the experience we've learnt. It's without. It's it's really good. There's a real feeling of pride. I think that's what I was going to say. So because you're in it and you're, it, you're everything is consistent. Like next thing, next thing, you don't actually get a chance to take breath and look at what you've actually achieved. And we actually talked about it the other day that you look at what we've achieved in this last year. Free like pop up branches and we've expanded our bro- uh, products and stuff. So it's like it's been a massive achievement and a massive learning curve as well. Oh. Ma- we've got great skills that we didn't know that we had that we've kind of we've got skills I don't know about great but no yeah. <laughs> we have we have we've learned so much and it you know it, we, I am proud of like what we've built and yeah when you read reviews and you hear from customers yeah. and you just hear little sound bites from kids that you and you oh this slime's amazing oh this has been the best day that is really like that does mean it's worth it yeah I'd say advice wise just you've just got to take it one step at a time test it out start small don't overstretch yourself just see if there's a market for something and and build from there. And if you start looking at the whole thing, the enormity of everything, it's just too much, Overwhelming. right? You've just got to break it down, write a little to-do list, do it bit by bit. Um, and it's a long game. And I think persistence is something that a lot of, not, not necessarily us, but you hear other business people say, you you, you are really going to go through ups and downs. Yeah, and it's you, a roller coaster. And, and you've, got, you've got to be able to endure those and see the long game and sometimes it's difficult and there's been quite a few times where we've just been like oh god just give me a normal job i mean there's days i long for sitting back sipping a latte think brainstorming ideas for the next little vt or tv program definitely miss those days but ultimately it is worth it and i think if we hopefully after 10 years or five years or whatever we'll have something that we we're really proud of and, and that is potentially valuable and also, I think if I was giving advice to someone, I would say don't outlay a lot of in, time, in terms of financially in the beginning. Make sure you're testing it first. Test that market because you don't want to lose. You want to make sure that you've got something that is actually worth investing in and putting your time and effort. And, and definitely from the family aspect of it, our family life is it's, it has to something has to give. So it's that balance as well of like if you're working in a family and you're running a business and you're a mum and you're a parent, it's about that balancing as well. And that's what's been hard with us is that we don't want to compromise our family life, but also we want to build a, a great business. That's probably why we've not we've gone fairly slow. Yeah. yeah. Because we don't, I mean, it does take up our weekends and stuff, but we, we still don't do crazy hours and stuff. Yeah. We're, we're like, because our kids are young relatively. And I, I think that's the other thing I want to hear or listeners want to hear is you can have a life and you can have a business yeah and you can look after your children we could not have a life we could just do the business and we might have five more shops and we might be millionaires but we wouldn't have seen our kids grow up and we wouldn't be doing homework and picking them up and taking them to clubs and doing nice days out with them and things like that and then but that time's then disappeared and you're not going to get that back yeah and we have made sacrifices like for instance we haven't been on a family together in a couple of years. Family holiday. holiday. Uh, one of us always has to stay yeah. at home because we did it and it went... No, I think we've only had, we've had, we've had a few family holidays no, but, but for a while. No, but not for a while because when we've been away, you get that call and you're in another country and you're like, God, we need to go, in, this needs to be sorted. And it doesn't, you're not relaxing, you're not actually being able to take a break. 
So there are like downsides, but the plus side is we both work from home, so we get to probably see our kids more than like a lot of people. Yeah, Yeah. certainly when I worked in TV. Yeah, yeah. But Um, it is, yeah, it's hard work, but it's doable. It's all consuming, I would say, more than anything I've ever done. Because Mm. when I've had a normal job before, even though I've had quite full on jobs, I can turn off from it. And also, unless you own the company, there's someone above you where you can pass the book at some point. Whereas for us, the book is just yeah, the book with stops us. with us for everything, and and you've got to be learn to do things that you might just be rubbish at or have no interest in, yeah. like marketing or doing business plans, yeah. and which are my particular things that I'm rubbish at and have no interest in. Um, but you've just got to do it, and that's obviously when you do a job generally that job you're good at, otherwise you won't be employed to do it. And it's your forte, it's your, it's your skill. Whereas when you run a business, you're not going to be skilled in every single thing. Yeah. yeah. And if you have a passion about something and you're enjoying it, then stick with it. Because I think when we first started this business and we would like telling people we had a slime business, people, people think we well, we were mad. They'll you know, be like, without a doubt. What? Yeah, like, yeah. It was a jo- <laughs> like it's a joke. Like, yeah, right. Slime, slime, slime business. Guys. Why? What are you guys doing? And then it's like this joke, this perceived joke turned into like a proper business. So stick with it, I'd say. If, you, if you're thinking of it and you're passionate about it, you'll make it work. And But definitely put in the research, do your testing, make sure you're investing in something that's worth worth your worthwhile because you don't want to... Yeah, you don't. When I watch Dragon's Den and you're like, yeah, they, they've put their life savings into something. Yeah. And they, you think, God. Oh, that's what, I mean, that's... No, it's, it's really good advice and it's definitely the recurring theme and but I can see why why your slime business is going to do so well because it's just such a good idea thanks, fingers Joe. crossed thank thanks, you Joe. thank you so much thanks, thanks for Felicia. having us thanks Chris thank and you thanks for sharing your story it was really good no it's great come to slime and wine Joe. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> the world.